from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. All right, Season 3, Episode 28 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined on this Thursday by my co-host, Dean Rule. And, Dean, we have a game Saturday, an important game for OSU. Um, first off, how's everything going with you today? Well, good, Juwan. Just uh, getting ready for a trip to Orlando. I was I was all excited when when this uh, this game was announced because I thought it'd be a lot colder in Oklahoma at this point in the year, and so I was <laughs> like, "Oh, get away to Orlando for a week, nice and warm." But it's like eighty seven yesterday, or or whatever, eighty five, whatever it ended up being. So that that element of the trip has has kind of gone away. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of been some weird weather. I mean, it's a little colder today. I don't think yeah. it's about fifty five degrees. I like the cold, so I mean, I mean, I'm excited for this time of year. The the fall, the early part of winter is always good. It, it's always it's the uh, I always feel like January, February. Those are the rough months where you're like, you know what? Let's get a little warmer if we could. <laughs> I, do, I do like the colder weather. Well, like you said, Oklahoma State um, traveling to Orlando this um, traveling to Orlando this weekend with UCF on the schedule. Dean, I kind of I want to start on how Oklahoma State matches up against this UCF defense, but let me bring up something else that that was pretty important because if if people haven't read your article about a lot of the Big Twelve title game scenarios, I encourage them to do so. Um, with Oklahoma State kind of being in the driver's seat there. Do you want to break that down a little bit before we hop into our game preview? Yeah, for sure, Joan. I mean, there's still three games left on everybody's schedule. So it's hard to, at this point, a little bit hard to get specific with, you know, okay, if this happens, well, then all the, you, you, there's too many uh, uh, tangents you can go on when it comes to right. specifics. But but point being, um yeah, OSU. It's simple. If they win, if they win out, they're in. Um, and, and same with Texas. And I think both of those programs have pretty favorable OSU for sure. But I think Texas, even to a degree, also has a pretty favorable schedule uh, to close out the season. If they start losing, it starts getting complicated. Because um, if you, if you're if you're OSU and you're five and one, and let's say you lose one of these next three, you drop down to five and two. Well, right below you, there are five, one, two, three, five teams right now who are four and two. So if they win, then they're five and two. And then it, so it gets a little complicated. Um, obviously after this weekend and then after next weekend, it, it really will start to, the, the picture will become a lot more clearer if they start to lose. But point being, OSU's got it. It's super simple. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they hold the. They have some good tiebreakers. They have the tiebreaker over OU, West Virginia, K State, Kansas, um, and all four of those teams are four and two. So if they do end up dropping down, uh, things are still looking good for them. If they lose two of the next three, or if they lose out, Juwan, which I mean, for them to lose out, we're talking about a massive implosion. Um, from this team, a massive collapse. If those two things happen, then I think you kind of the the, the conference title that that kind of goes out the window. Um, but right now, 
yeah, the simplest thing for them, just win and you're in, which even, even, I, I don't know if any OSU fan could have predicted that to happen. This that we're talking about conference title games with an OSU team that had a disastrous start to the season. So on their on their ledger right now, we have UCF, who was zero and five in conference play, coming into their game last week before they picked up a twenty eight to twenty six win over Cincinnati. Cincinnati, what can you tell me about this UCF team, Dean? Yeah, I think there's there's two no, or three numbers, Juana, uh, three numbers for the people watching that explain this UCF team. Um, I think the best. First off, total offense in in FBS, they rank ninth in the country, Juwan, averaging 483 yards. Mm. Um, and, and so that's a pretty similar. Uh, you know, OU was was had a pretty similar number. I think they were 490 yards a game um, going into Bedlam. So it's not anything new. OSU has seen something uh, of that caliber before. And then UCF also on offense ranked fourth in the country in rushing offense. They're averaging about 227 yards on the ground. So once again, it, it's not something OSU hasn't seen before because uh, if you think back to Kansas, Juwan, uh, KU, I think, was sixth in the country in rushing offense, and OSU held them to 90 yards. So they're not seeing anything new there. They, they, they've dealt with teams of this caliber in those in those statistics already this year, and, and they've won both of those games. Um, but where I think what I think will be probably the most crucial number going into this game, Juwan, is uh, third down conversion percent. UCF ranks 10th in the country on, on converting their third downs on offense. Uh, they're converting 50% of their third downs, which is a pretty pretty remarkable number. Um, and because if you go on the flip side, third down conversion percentage defense, OSU ranks 94th, allowing 42% of all third downs to be converted. And I think that's been a problem. When you look at this OSU team over the past couple of weeks, they've let up. I'm not talking third and twos. They're letting up third and tens. And that's keeping the defense out there. That's keeping the offense, the the opposing offense out there longer. Um, you know, o, or OU caught them several times on. I think there was a third and ten, a third and twelve, and a third and thirteen that OU converted against OSU. So. That's definitely a number that I think is going to play a huge factor in in how this game turns out, and one that OSU is really going to need to focus on limiting uh, if they want to have a comfortable victory. So just, I mean, hearing what you're saying and going over some of their stats, I mean, they're averaging 32 points a game, and as you, I mean, you went over their offensive stats, so how do we get to a point where this team has one conference win heading into this point of the year? There's a couple things I think you can point at, Juwan. Um, I think everybody expected the new Big 12 teams to really struggle to actually win some of these games, and and that's why you see, uh, you know, Four of the bottom five teams in the conference standings are, are the new teams, and that you know BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. So I think that plays plays a part in it. I, I, I think 
individual and team stats are easy to accumulate, but in terms of actually playing at that power five level, this was always going to be something that took, you know, those four programs a couple of years to really build into and adjust to, and, you know, and start recruiting at, you know, you're going to need to recruit um, for the power five game now. So I think that that's a big part why you've only seen them win one conference game. They've also, you know, they were without their starting quarterback, Juwan. Um, um, Plumlee, he got hurt against Boise State, missed four games, missed those first four games to uh, to start the Big 12 conference play. Um, but when he's been back, they've looked pretty good, Juwan. Um, they, they had an opportunity against Baylor um, t- to get a, a conference win that resulted in a massive second half implosion in that game and they lost that by a point they you know took OU to the brink um they lost that game by two points so they've hung around in games they've been close but as always this was always just kind of going to be an adjustment period for a lot of these new programs coming in and that's why you see kind of such a that's why UCF has a conference record worse than what you would expect you know, Dean, a couple of weeks ago when Oklahoma State was getting ready to play Cincinnati, I was a little bit worried that that may be a trap game with Bedlam on the, on the resume that, that very next week. Seeing that this UCF team finally got their first conference win last week, are we past the point of OSU falling into trap games? Have they shown us enough this year where we can kind of remove that from the back of our minds? Juwan, you just said my second least favorite sports phrase and that's trap Trap game game. (laughs) the only the only phrase worse in sports is generational talent because (laughs) way too much these days um i i think there there's and that's not to take away from what like the the meaning of the trap game and that you've played the big games you know you're probably looking for looking ahead to you know, a, a bedlam caliber game. So, so it, it makes sense. Um, but I don't think that's why you lose the game, right? Just because you're thinking about, you know, Joanna, I mean, me and you will think weeks in advance, probably. That doesn't mean the work we're doing now suffers from it. But um, the OSU needs to be focused on the this game. The, the bedlam happened. I'm sure that's something that will be revisited and they're going to enjoy it uh, this off season in the next couple of years. Like it, it is going to be a seminal moment in, in this program's history, but they have opportunity to do that a couple more times just this year. If you go to the big 12 championship game, if you go to a really good bowl game, you've gotten these opportunities still to, to, to make some marks. In order to do that, though, you've got to beat a UCF team. And, yeah, you look at the record, you say, oh, four and five uh, overall, one and five in conference. This team's just not that good. But I think it was, I think Bill Haston wrote about this on Monday. If you took all the four and five teams right now in the country and you had them play in a tournament, UCF might come out the champion. And, And I think that's probably true because, You've got a veteran coach in Gus Malzahn. I think that that's one of the best ma- matchups. That might be the best coaching matchup this week, Mike Gundy versus Gus Malzahn, because you've got two veteran guys, two offensive-minded guys. Um, 
and, and Gus Malzahn is really good at getting the matchups he wants, scheming against you, against a younger OSU secondary, that could be a problem. Um, so, yeah, so so I think I won't call it a trap game, but it's a game you need to be focused on. It's a game you need to pay attention to and, and not, you know, get distracted by the other things that, that are kind of revolving around this program right now. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the Ollie Gordon Heisman hype train. It's easy to get caught up in the you just won bedlam. It's easy to get caught up in uh, are we going to, you know, I, we might play Texas in the in the Big 12. Like these are all the things that um, can get caught up in, that, in a player's mind. You just got to focus on, on the UCF game right now. So I'm looking at a UCF team that has given up a pair of 40-point games, a pair of 30-point games, and a 50-point game. How does Alan Bowman and Ollie Gordon and the rest of this OSU offensive unit match up against UCF's defense? I think they match up fairly well. Um, I think at this point, no matter what defense, I mean, maybe if they're playing like, I don't know who's number one in the country in total defense right now, if that's Georgia or Michigan or it might be probably Michigan, but outside of Ollie Gordon having to play against a Michigan defense, Ollie Gordon's going to be favored in no matter what matchup you give him <laughs> because of, of just the way he's playing right now. And as, as we've said all season long, Jawan, if you get the run game going, that opens up the pass game. That makes Alan Bowman's life a lot easier. Um, he, he's shown that he has a rapport with just about every receiver they play consistently. Um, just based on they've had a different leading receiver the past five games. And, and so I think they'll, they'll do pretty well against, against this UCF team. And yeah, like you said, they've lived the 40 point game, the 30 point game outside of a bedlam game. Bedlam looked, I think through that first quarter, Juwan, like it might turn into that shootout that we thought it could have been. Um, but it ended up not being that. Point being, um, you know, OSU's offense cle- clearly showed it can find its stride, um, you know, with a 45-point win, a 48-point a win, a 39, 32, I think, was in there somewhere. Point being, um, they've shown they're capable uh, of doing that against a UCF team that's allowing that. Um, I, I, I don't – I would not forecast any any issues with OSU's offense. Another interesting piece that you wrote about earlier this week was about how Alan Bowman has kind of adapted to OSU's culture a little bit. Can you kind of walk us through what you wrote about and some of the specifics in that? Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure most fans have seen the videos or seen the pictures of uh, Alan Bowman wearing all the, you know, kind of legacy legend players, whatever you want to call them, in, (laughs) in OSU's history, right? You know, the Josh Fields, Barry Sanders, Terry Miller, all, all these guys. He wears the jerseys into his post-game press conferences. I always found that kind of interesting, A, because, um, you know, first off, how, how's he getting all these? And That's what second, my first question was. <laughs> uh, I, apparently, there, there's quite an expansive collection in the OSU equipment room, but... <laughs> Uh, the other thing is, I think, I think it's very interesting when you look at 
I think it's a pretty interesting transfer portal story in that here's Alan Bowman, who's been around. This is year number six for him. He's played at Texas Tech. He's played against OSU while at Texas Tech. He's played at Michigan. He's now at OSU. Like it, it would have been very easy for him to have came into OSU, said, you know, I'm going to be the starter. I'm going to try to put together as much game film and, and tape as I can. That's good. That's quality. That shows what I can do. I'm going to do that for a year. This is like OSU is just kind of a, a placeholder in my life. It's it's a place where I can, you know, show what I can do in the NFL and, and hopefully get drafted or signed after this year. It, that would have been super easy for him to do because there's very clearly not that tie to the university. You know, he didn't he was not recruited, developed, worked into a starting spot. Now like there there's not been that he 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 didn't have any of that. So it would have been very easy to just come in and kind of prioritize yourself because you have no allegiance uh, Mm -hmm. in in a way. But nine games in, uh, I think if anybody's shown that they're uh, connected and ingrained in the OSU culture, uh, I don't think there's anybody more than that's done that more than Alan Bowman has. And and so anyway, I found that very interesting. Um, I talked to Mike Gundy about it a little bit, talked to Alan Bowman about it, some players like, because my my question was, can you even like can you know a player has that ability when you're recruiting them in the transfer portal? Like Alan Bowman, when you hear his story about even ending up at OSU, was so kind of last minute, and even then it was you know he liked the the way it looked, he liked the university, and so he he committed and, and eventually signed. And so my question was, can you even f- know that a player has that capability when when you're in the transfer portal and Long story short, it's a hard thing to know. Um, for anybody who wants to go more in depth, I'll let them check it out on on, on the website, Juwan. But it was just something I wanted to dig into. Got some interesting answers and and churned that out. Yeah, for sure. If you guys haven't checked that that story out, be sure to visit TulsaWorld.com um, on that. But moving on to the opposite side of the field with uh UCF offense. You talked about they just got the quarterback um with well, a quarterback returned a few weeks ago. Um how does how does he look and in, in comparison to this OSU's defense? Yeah so I think John Rice Plumley's really since coming back from the injury he's it, it appears he's gotten a little more he's settled back into his role. Uh the first game back was against OU. So we had OU West Virginia, Cincinnati I think he's thrown, he's completed about 60% of his passes in those games for about 700 yards, and I think it's five touchdowns and three interceptions. Point being, he's a veteran quarterback. He's settled back in, as expected. Um, He's a big part of their offense. And what he's able to do against uh, OSU secondary, once again, I think is, is going to be a determining factor in how close this game is going to be, Juwan. Um, I think the bigger threat is UCF's run game. And that's, um, because as we are, as, as we've talked about before, Juwan, um, Ali Gordon just won his fourth consecutive 
Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. But this week, he had to split that honor with UCF's R.J. Harvey, who ran for 164 yards and three touchdowns last weekend. So he, he Harvey kind of looks like the hot hand in the offense. He He's on pace for, you know, he, depending on what he does against OSU, he could eclipse 1,000 rushing yards this season. So I think that's going to be the bigger priority than than necessarily the passing game because he's shown he's kind of got that explosion. He's able to move, and, and I think he'll be a big focus uh, for OSU's defense to shut down. Does this UCF game present any opportunity for Oklahoma State to move up in the college football rankings? You know, it's if if you're OSU, you need that the score needs to resemble. Uh, 45 to 13, like it did against Cincinnati, more than it can resemble something like 29 to 21 against Kansas State. Uh, I think if they want to move up, and I'd have to look a little more at who of the 14 teams ahead of them, who what their games look like and, and whatnot, because there's probably opportunity for teams to fall, which I think inherently would just move OSU by proxy. They'd move up more, but... I, I think there's probably at some point that they're going to cap out at like their max, you know, how high they're actually going to be able to go. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say it's maybe like ninth or 10th. Like if they win out, I, I could maybe see them as like a top 10 team in the country, but it's, I, I there's no way they're going to like leapfrog up to fifth in the country. Um, <laughs> Because, yeah, they don't have a great final three games. You know, it's all Big 12 newcomers. Mm-hmm. None of them are playing well right now. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if they win this week, maybe they're up to 14th or 13th. But they're not going to have a big jump like they had last or this week, you know, from 22 to 15. I don't foresee that happening. Um, you know, I mean, outside of if they score like 90 points and hold UCF to 200 total offensive yards. Uh, yeah, I would not expect a big jump this week. I don't think we talked about it a lot on Tuesday's show, but um, were you surprised by the jump this week? I think that that 15 feels right. Um, you know, the AP people had them there as well. So I, I think 15 is a pretty good barometer um, for where OSU should be at. Uh, the fact that there's a number next to OSU's name now is is pretty remarkable. Uh, I did not think that would happen at all this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's I think 15 right. That sounds that's reasonable. All right, Dean. Well, you know what you know what time it is in that show where we get to our our famous predictions. Um, I'll let you I'll let you kick it off as always um, doing this show. So what? are your predictions for Saturday's game? I think when you factor in it's a road game coming off the the Bedlam win, you're going to a place you've never played against a team you've never seen um, that is arguably better than their record suggests. I think this game will be closer than most fans anticipate. Um, but OSU, I think, is going to 
be able to play pretty safe for the most part. I see something along the lines of 35 to 24, Juwan. Man, Dean, I really wanted to be a contrarian this week. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I really want to come in and say the Bedlam win was an emotional win, and I think that Oklahoma, well, OSU will have a, a letdown game this week, but I don't I don't think I can. I think I'm ready to to fully trust that OSU is or they are who I have seen the past couple of weeks. So um just looking at what UCF has given up, I think OSU is able to crack that 40-point mark again. I do think UCF is able to put some points on the board. So I'm going to say OSU 41, UCF 27 is going to be my my prediction. Now, if they lose, then I'm going to just look at it as I'm just bad luck for them, and I can just never <laughs> pick a game correctly. So, yeah. My dad, my dad actually he called he called me after the after the Bedlam game. He told me that he knew OSU was going to win. So, because <laughs> you picked against them, yeah, I, I picked I picked against them. So, I'm bulletin board material. So we're just gonna I'm gonna ride with that for the rest of the week. I mean, for the rest <laughs> of the year that I'm just bulletin board material. But you have it there. So Dean, so Dean picks them to win. I picked them to win. We're both on the same accord with that. Um, you have any final comments before we get out of here, Dean? I don't think so, Juwan. Okay, Safe travels for, for any uh, other people from the state going down to Florida for the weekend. Um, yeah, I think, we, I think we're good to leave it there. Another expectation of post-game pod this weekend? Well, post-game pod, all kinds of coverage from the, the Sunshine State, Juwan. It's been quite some time since I've been to Florida, so looking forward to it. And uh, I- well, as always, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys for joining us. Um, the game is scheduled for a two thirty p.m. kickoff Saturday on ESPN. After the game, Dean will for sure have as much content as you guys will want to read, along with a post game pod. As every week, he'll be on there by himself. Um, and he's done a great job with those. And just looking at some of you guys' feedback and the numbers, you guys are definitely enjoying Dean's post game pod. So he'll be with you guys Saturday night, and I'll be back on with him next Tuesday to discuss. Um, the game so if as always podcasting to download our podcast is free spotify apple music google wherever you get your podcast from um, make sure you like share and comment and visit the for additional osu content and we'll see you guys next time thanks